and show got a little something new for you guys. I found us a health and wellness correspondent. She's a real cool female out of ATL. She has her own business too. She's doing big things. She got another little, little special thing she got about her as well. We're going to talk about in segment number two with her. But this is right now is about you can learn about my new friend, a new correspondent. Dr. Vernette McKnight on the Boss Man Show. Dr. Vernette, well, I know you're a V. What's good with you? How you doing? I'm good. How are you today? I am lovely. It's a great day to be alive. What time to be alive? It's a great month of May. It's going right by us real fast. Mother's Day weekend, so it's all good on my in my hood. Yeah, it's awesome. May is already seeming like it's breathing by, so I'm trying to figure out how to grab onto my bearings as uh, we progress through 2018. So I'm excited about it. No doubt, for sure, for sure, no doubt. So I want to introduce listeners to who you are, Burnett. Like, I want them to know about Dr. Burnett. So if you could, tell the listening audience about who who are you and what do you do for a living? Because you got a job. Like, Tommy, you got a job. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I got a J-O-B. Yes. Um, so, like you said, Dr. Burnett, uh, I am a cognition and movement therapist. So, what that means is basically I utilize this type of therapy with my clients and my patients with intentional movements that help individuals achieve emotional, cognitive, physical, and social integration. And it's really beneficial both on the physical and mental health level because the therapy can be used, the therapy that I do can be used for rehabilitation, sports enhancement, injury prevention for my athletes, stress reduction for the general population, disease prevention. Um, And then in addition, when you're looking at the concept of therapy, you movement therapy, you can also gain the benefit of muscular strength, increased muscular strength, coordination, mobility, and decreased muscular tension. So professionally, that's what I do in my practice. In addition to that, where the doctor comes from is I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I also have background in psychological brain sciences and exercise science. So I basically merge all three of those components, mind, body, and soul together and create my brand. So that's kind of what I do behind the scenes. I see, and, and I, so that that tells me why you're in the, it's called the, the brain rates here, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like all different things. You got this big old brain and all these different activities underneath <laughs> that that brain, the brain you have. Is that why you yeah. call it the? Is that why it's called that? Well, I actually partner with uh, Dr. Samantha Brooks. She is also a chiropractor, and it is her business. My business is more of an independent entity that I provide services at the similar location. So basically, we look at chiropractic in a way of uh, realigning the bony tissue, right, so your bones. Uh, so she facilitates that side of it heavily under the brand of the brainery Atlanta. What I do is more so of the movement aspect. So I look at ligaments muscle tissues, organs, um, all the soft tissue type stuff, including the brain and how that corresponds and interacts with the chiropractic side, which is the bony side. So my specific brand alone is Dr. Burnett Holistic Health. And under that brand, I have four uh, 
four branches, I guess if you would call it that way. Uh, first one is education, right? Education outreach. So I serve as a health educator in different entities. Right now I'm linked with Georgia Tech. I've got some uh, independent contracting positions that I can't really mention at this point, but once we unfold what that looks like, then I'll, I'll add that to the segment. The other component, uh, the second part of the, the brand is the services, right? So we just kind of talked about that. Movement therapy, cognition therapy, chiropractic. The third is media, right? So that's coming on, partnering with you to expand and diversify your brand and your audience and their knowledge. But then also I've got two TV shows kind of under my belt. Uh, the first one is Pilates, Please. So it talks about Pilates as a movement system. And then the second one is Walk to Wellness, which is more so of like a roundtable discussion. The most common struggles that our society presents with, right? Stress management. What if I do, if I'm anxious, how do I create a healthier, more balanced lifestyle, those types of things. We sit down, we have a conversation about that. So the third one actually was a true treat for me because I integrated my children. I've got two little, a boy and a girl, school age. And the title of the show is Growing Up Fit. So it's an active fitness show with my children in addition to some other kids that joined along. And we talk about the importance uh, through movement. We talk about the importance of growing up in a healthy lifestyle, healthy environment. So that's the, the third one. And the fourth one is products, which I haven't, I've done a soft launch, but the first product that I came out with under my brand is intentional journaling. So that's more of the mind, the cognition part of what I do in my brand, which you sit there um, in a group or you can be one-on-one with me and we talk about what are your intentions? What are the things that you struggle with? Where do you want to be versus where you are? How are you honoring the present? And how are we able to integrate a healthier lifestyle? So it, it is a lot that I do. Uh, but to be honest with you, it's definitely very rewarding for the clients that I serve, the patients that I serve, and the results that come from the work that we do together. You know what? I can tell already you have passion for what you do because some people, some people, come, some people come on only on this show and they just like they're reading off a script. You're reading with you're talking, you're talking about it with passion. You're not reading a script because you know I can tell who's really just reading off a script or who really care about what they do was just a paycheck. This is I, you really believe in this. You really want to help others. You want to use your brand for good to help people, which is we need more more of in our society based on what we're seeing going on outside of the, the realm of health that was the sports and entertainment that we we deal with. But it's just like. People like you and I need to be in this world to help people and show them a, a better way, a way to improve themselves so that when they won't get down and always be in the dumps about stuff, they, they can do it if you just put your mind to it. I know it's a, a trite saying, but it is true, though. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. And the reason why I even started my brand was, and to be honest with you, I have been thinking about how can I serve my communities and with me having an undergrad in psychology I was like okay well maybe I can do counseling but growing up as a dancer since what age of three I'm classically trained as a, as a ballerina and then I did competitive dancing never did any traditional sports but the dancing was truly enough when you're talking about competition dance I transitioned into health and wellness, probably at the collegiate level when they didn't offer dance as a, as a major. And my mom was like, well, you're going to have to do 
something else because they don't operate at the university that I'm choosing for you to go to. So I take a psychological brain sciences. And while I was in school, I found that I love the integration of movement and how it was releasing for me to be able to be at peace even in the midst of chaos, right? But I, I didn't really pay attention to it, right? So then fast forward, I was like, you know what? Let me get more involved in fitness because it seems like that's kind of the trend that's going. Yeah, the psych- psychology degree, but I don't really know what I want to do with that. I want to expand in kinesiology, right? Study of movement. So I got a master's in exercise science and coupled with that degree, we gain certifications. And so one of the certifications that I hold is a NASM uh, certification, Sports Enhancement Injury Prevention. So we spoke more so on the athletic side and the rehabilitation side versus uh, how I integrate it in the present day with just creating a healing space, right? So then fast forward, I'm like, okay, cool. I got, you know, fitness background. I've got this exercise science. Okay, I got the psychology. Okay, so I've got mind and body, but I still feel like I'm, I'm missing something that I'm not really complete in what I want to offer. So chose to go to chiropractic school uh, really as a, a tool in my toolbox. So not necessarily with the intention of serving primarily as a chiropractor, but more so of gaining that terminal knowledge, right? Terminal degree. So gaining that additional knowledge so that way I can speak on a clinical level, but then also be able to translate on a a layman's level, right? And so when I finished my schooling, I sat down and you know what? I had a moment. I had several moments, right? Like, well, what am I going to do with all this stuff? It seems like it's all over the place. I have all these talents and I don't want to negate any of them and mind you like I said I'm a mom of two so you know I'm I'm juggling their lives and my schedule and so I'm like I want to do all of these things but I don't know how to integrate it and so I was talking to a girlfriend of mine and she was just like put it all together and she said it's so like simple and I'm like okay I don't know how to do that and I'm telling you emotional emotional responses came you know I'm crying I'm frustrated I'm like I've done all this schooling for the last decade and I still kind of feel like I have the talent I have the knowledge but I don't really know how to serve so I'll tell you this in the truth moment um, I found myself struggling with all of the integration because in our society it's like you label each other, right? So you go to school, you got to be a chiropractor. You go to school for psychology, you got to be a psychologist. I'm like, okay, but I don't want to be just one. I don't want to just carry one title. And and furthermore, why does it have to be so linear? Why can't it be multidimensional? And so I was looking at how I wanted to build my brand and what I even wanted the name to be. And so even though my friends at the time disagreed with me, because it was so like, Maybe it just didn't make sense. I don't know the word to put with it. But I was like, well, I just want to be Dr. Burnett. Like, and these are the services that I offer. It's under alternative medicine and holistic healing. But I also can serve in the athletic department. I can serve in the general population. You know, you've got people that are coming in and they've got back issues, shoulder issues, or they've got stress and anxiety, which I find a lot of that, whether you're in the athletic 
uh, division or if you're a single mom of two or, you know, married with kids or, you know, a working uh, professional, we all still kind of have that commonality of we're still living in these compensatory patterns, right? Those are dysfunctional movement patterns. So that's the muscle. And then in addition to that, we're struggling with, you know, how can we keep up with the next person? Am I providing enough for my family or for myself? What other stressors do I have that I have to manage on a regular basis? Because stress is going to go away. It's going to be around. So I'm like, you know what? I just want to have my own brand and offer myself to my community. And that's exactly what I did. Now, at the time when I decided to do that, for people that didn't really get my vision and didn't see it, they were like, dude, you're like all over the place. You need to pick one thing. And I was like, you know what? I don't because I feel it in my spirit. I feel it Amen. in my soul where I can offer these things and it makes sense. And you know what? I'll tell you, it started to unfold and it, it started to unfold within myself first. I did a lot of therapy with myself, um, whether it was movement therapy, cognition therapy, I did aroma therapy with myself, um, intentional journaling. I do energy work like Reiki. Uh, so I started to do this stuff with myself, and I noticed that I was so much more balanced in my life. Now, I still, you know, you teeter-tot every once in a while, but I still felt like I was able to manage being mom and manage running a business and manage seeing patients and clients and then still being able to give back and invest in to myself. So you, you still got to do self-love, self-acceptance, self-awareness, right? So finding my calling honestly happened within the transition of allowing myself to be who I truly am versus in a box where people usually put ourselves and each other in because our society does that so I just found it interesting that uh within the brain that I've created within myself yeah it's kind of been um you know roller coaster that's that's what it is you know <laughs> being in a business for yourself it's like you wake up and you're like oh it's gonna be a great day and then the day you're like oh my god what did I sign up for and then you you know you just go back and forth but yes indeed once you do <laughs> once you do what you love to do at the end of the day, you just you're along for the ride. You're enjoying the journey as it comes, and you're fully transparent with just everything that just unfolds from you doing what your purpose to do. You got that right, and it's funny you say what you said. What you said, I told the same story on the show in, in previous years about how I decided to do radio without others' approval because I mm-hmm. have degrees in business and masters, all that good stuff, and minor in psychology. Why are you why choosing a radio and DJ and hosting? Because that's how I can affect people the most with my voice and with my connections with people in the business who know athletes and know artists and know people who I can bring to my listeners to help them hear a story like your story who may inspire them to do and be better. That's why I got in the business. See, you and me have similar, similar, similar background. So, yeah, at first it was like, yeah, you're crazy. But then now that this whole boss <laughs> entertainment brand is working, now what? Now, now, who, now who is crazy? Was it me or you? <laughs> you know? <Right>. So <laughs> You just it unfolds and then that becomes your norm and it's like this is just who I am. Whether whether it's accepted or not, I have a voice to share and it doesn't have to be in a traditional delivery as long as you're delivering the message, that's what's impactful. Amen to that. I'm with you right there on that. So let me ask you this. So when 
where did you, what, tell me like we're trying to get people to buy into what you're what you're selling buy into your methods how hard is it to get patient buying and get people to say hey this is a good idea for me because some people are not willing to still go with the holistic route and the natural health route they're more so still stuck in, in that way of thinking let me go to it like a doctor doctor so how do you get people to overcome like those that barrier right there well, that's a really good question. Most of the people that I come in contact with is through conversations, um, really organic conversations. And it doesn't come from a perspective of me trying to sell them or have them buy into it. It's really, hey, so what's going on? Okay, we'll talk about it. And they'll ask me questions and I'll answer the best that I can. But I find that usually we have a common um, a common topic that we tend to talk about. Yeah, I'm stressed out from work, or yeah, I'm trying to find balance, or what would you recommend for an exercise program, or how do you balance, you know, being a mom and trying to eat right and trying to stay in shape and do all these things, and it's, that's the commonality, right? So you find something in common with the person, your, your prospect or your lead, if, if you will, on um, a traditional sense. But when I when I have these conversations, they really do organically unfold. I don't feel like I have to have someone buy into what I do. It's more so the curiosity. Okay, what do you actually do? I don't know what that means. And then we sit down, and that's where the layman talk comes in, right? So I'm able to transition from medical terminology to the layman terminology, and you know, they're saying, "Well, I've got this back issue that's going on," and and I start talking about, okay, well, it's probably this muscle that's the root of the issue, although a lot of people will say that, oh, well, my knee hurts. Okay, well, is it coming from your, your ankle? Have you ever had surgery? Is it coming from your hip? Have you ever fallen, you know, backwards or forwards or whatever? And so then when we start to have that deep conversation of understanding, right, that's the patient education that I'm huge on, then they start to become curious themselves. Okay, where can I find you? Like, how can I build an appointment with you? And then we'll go through a specific screen, a screening process to make sure that we're both a good fit. And then usually move forward um, as a patient of mine. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, when you have somebody that is a little bit more resistant, less open to the idea of holistic healing and care, well, really, the same thing. You have that dialogue, and if it's not a good fit, you respect where they are. Uh, but I'll tell you this. What I've noticed over the last year is that people are wanting to take more control of their own health, and that's really, like, the simplest term that's what I'm about. I teach people and empower people to own their own health, whatever that looks like, whether it's somebody struggling with diabetes or they just had surgery or they're looking for a nutritional content or they're wanting to move more efficiently or you know, an athlete wants to uh, improve their speed and agility even just a millisecond, uh, you know, while they're competing or going to the combine or what have you. So the conversations really have intentional context to it. So when you're looking at somebody is is resistant against transitioning into a holistic approach, Really, I, I think that there's a place for the medical field, but then I also feel like there's a place for the holistic part of it. And because we are trending as a unit into owning your own health and what that looks like, I think people are a little bit more receptive than maybe what they had been even five years ago. 
so that's kind of the conversation piece that I have with them. Sounds good. I got one more for you before we move on to our next segment with you. Uh, what sets you apart from others in your field? Because I don't. I want my listeners to go buy into you, especially in, in Atlanta. You lo- you local ATLians. I want you to do go see Dr. <laughs> Burnett and tell them I sent. Tell her I sent you. And if you don't, I'll hit you all with, with a rock bottom. Okay? I'll I can't. you out. <laughs> but, <laughs> give me spell with the boss cooking. Them. But <laughs> tell tell the people what sets you apart from others in your field, though. Well, I would say the main thing is my personality, but I'm present, uh, present with the person that's in front of me. And what that means is, you know, uh, on a logistic terms, no cell phones, no distractions like iPads and, you know, other things, uh, that can take away from me being authentic with that person. I share myself with them. It's very like I said, it's very organic, it's very authentic, uh, very transparent, because this person is coming to you very vulnerable. And it's tough to be vulnerable in the first place, but to be in the presence of someone else that's a new person, you know, it takes some time to remove some of the, the barriers that are that are built, because we grow up in our society, which I could get on a whole other tangent about that, but we grow up in our society saying, you know, get up, dust it off, be strong, go hard, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's less about, okay, well, let's honor how you're feeling right now. Bring no judgment, no judgment, but we're, we're accepting and we're acknowledging rather, we're acknowledging how are you feeling, okay, and then what are the behaviors that come with those emotions? So that's what I mean by being present and being intentional about offering a safe space for my clients and my patients. And then also the second part of that is if we decide to move forward, I do offer a screening process that's usually complimentary, depends on the case, but we see if we're actually a good fit because to be honest with you, I may not be a good fit for that person and vice versa. And that can be okay. I've got a team of other people that I would suggest for them to work with if it's appropriate, but making sure that you're a good fit with the person that you're working with is essential to help them progress through their healing process or their transition or their therapy or rehabilitation. And the reason why it's so important is because there is an interaction that is happening every single time that you're in that space with that person. You need to be supportive. You need to be open to how that process progressed. And there's some, there's, there's sometimes where it's going to be regression, but when you have those regressive moments, being present with them and supporting them and saying, Hey, this is part of the process. Like healing is kind of tough, right? Then being also supportive when they are progressing, that's an intimate experience for people. And if you show them that you're, you're, you have good intentions to be there to support them as their support system uh, without distractions and you're truly present with them, that relationship grows into a bond that really is unbreakable. And then after they transition, they own their own health and you, you follow up with them, but you also make sure that they know that you're still there. And that's what I do for my clients and my patients, regardless if they come on with me or not, I still have intentions of building that organic relationship so that way they know that, yes, I'm here to hold space for you. 
at any at any point during the journey that we share together. So that's what I think makes me different from the next practitioner. Um, yeah. I could go with that. Hey, she heard it yourself. This is Dr. Burnett. You will hear her on the show weekly on the Boss Man show. But look, we're going to take a short break here. We're we going to come back with another segment. This, this is something that I didn't know about. So I looked at on Instagram like it was some weird stuff. So I'm going to talk to y'all about it. But it's all good. We'll talk to you after the break. <laughs> Dr. Burnett, Boss Man, we back with you. Stay tuned. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who was that? old boyfriend lucky you just tanned at suntan city lucky he's single we're doing lunch tomorrow won't be single for long then during tour of the city try all five tans including spray tan for just $4.99 restrictions may apply click to buy now hip-hop fans i got a great album for you the debut album from family grinding nc true speech and 313 fresh we're gonna do two discs 33 songs of here, genuine hip hop albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Back here on the Boss Man Show. 
uh, like I said, Dr. Burnett will be right back with me. And we're going to talk about what kind of brought us together because I was on Instagram straight flexing where I was scrolling <laughs> to, to see this weird hashtag black surrogates. And my surrogates are like, what? I said, hold on. When did black women start being surrogates? I'm like, when did that happen? <laughs> so I got curious and I'm like, hmm, this could be a good show segment because this is this don't happen. I don't know about this. <laughs> as you all know, as our good friend who had her baby last year, I don't know nothing about no pregnancy. I don't know about I don't know about none of that stuff. I'm dumb to it. I ain't got no kids. But <laughs> we we try to learn from her. We didn't learn too much though. But I, I love you. You didn't learn nothing from me though. But whatever. But it's like it's, it's like you know. I saw I said no. So let me reach out to her. This is some different stuff here. You know, let me. This ain't nothing I'm used to. It's done. nothing. she's in Atlanta, so local, so could good work for the show as well. So I reached out to her about it. And Dr. Vanessa Surrogate, which I was shocked. I'm like, man, that's that's different stuff there. And I met her. You know, we went to a nice little spot, talked, and I see it. She 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 carrying them th- she carrying them twins though. She do she doing she doing it big now. I think she's twenty <laughs> weeks now. Uh, she, yeah. she got there that she got there that Pathler Rock going with her, popping out of her like <laughs> moving on her. <laughs> but we go ahead and talk about her surrogacy because that was it was like man that's different. So she's a surrogate mom carrying carrying t- two twins. You know, so I want to talk about the process how she got into it. So. I Renee, it's on you. I kind of explained it to you. I explained pretty good how we came together because you know I don't want to mess nothing up and tell nobody no 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 lies here, you know. No, this, <laughs> no, you're good. That was perfect. Um, so, uh, like Jared said, I am a surrogate. I'm a gestational surrogate. So, uh, I kind of talked to him a little bit about what a surrogate is, what the process is, why I chose to do it, and then some most common questions. So. I'll start with what is a surrogate, right? So a surrogate is a person that, a woman, right, that carries a pregnancy for another person. That's as simple as it gets. Now, you have different types of surrogates. The fundamental types are traditional surrogates, and then you have a gestational surrogate, which I am a gestational surrogate. So the traditional surrogate is a woman, a mother, who carries the embryos, the babies, with her eggs so they have the sperm uh, from the intended parents or maybe it's a donor depending on the couple and or person that you're working with right because you have different dynamics these days you've got a, a woman who may want a child on her own without a partner you've got a man with the same desire you can have a man and a woman where either the woman is infertile or the male is infertile, or you can have two dads or you have two moms. So there's, we're diverse in this process of surrogacy. And so when you're looking at a traditional surrogate, the woman that's carrying the baby or babies will have her own surrogacy. Um, my alarm is going off. Hold on just a second. See, we're live here, people. This is live radio. <laughs> Can you hear the alarm going off, though? <laughs> a little bit, but it's all good okay. here. We've, had, we've had fire alarms go off around here. We have smoke detectors go off before, so it's all good. We've heard it all here. I love it. Okay, so I got the alarm turned off. Now, this is me just staying on time, right, because part of me 
you know, being a mom of myself and then also being an entrepreneur, which, you know, short version is a mompreneur, is making sure that I set my alarm. So this is my alarm to start our, our other segments. So I apologize about that. So getting back to what we were talking about, the, the traditional surrogate is the egg donor. Okay. Now, in my case, I'm a gestational surrogate. So when I... Uh, came into this process, I knew that I wanted to be a gestational surrogate. And what that means is I have no relation to the child. I'm not an egg donor. The, the, the child and her children are not biologically nor genetically related to me. I am responsible for just carrying the embryos that then develop into fetus and then um, present, at babies, uh, present as babies. So, as far as what my process looks like, uh, we can talk a little bit about that. As, as I've mentioned with you, JR, I'm quite transparent. Uh, if there's things that I can't talk about, then, you know, I'll choose to move forward. But I will share that the reason why I wanted to be a surrogate was because when I was a teenager, I got pregnant and I had an abortion and it did not sit well with me at all. It wasn't my choice to begin with. Um, like I said, I was a teenager, so it was I, I, I didn't approve of the decision, rather. Gotcha. So I think I probably had a choice. But so let me change my words a little bit. And so I had the, the, the abortion procedure was successful without complication. OK, however, psychologically, emotionally, it just was heavy for me to be able to take humanity away and not, you know, have peace with that. And so I understand that different people have reasons for making those types of decisions. Honestly, I just shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place, right? I can't necessarily say I would regret it or I would change or whatever. It's just kind of like just don't put yourself in a situation and then you won't have to make the decision. So fast forward, it continued to be heavy on my heart. And when I did some research, really around the time, a little bit after I had my son, he's 11 at this point, I came across the surrogacy. And I was like, wow. Okay, the concept sounds pretty cool because I took away from humanity. And so I want to be able to give back to humanity. I can do it in this way. And so as I started to do more research on the process, I wanted to make sure that I was comfortable with it, uh, with the decision, and I wanted to make sure that it was a a part of my healing process. So the healing process is definitely multidimensional, and this is this is one of the one of the ways to create healing from my childhood. Um, so what I did was I reached out to a, a surrogate agency. When the time came, which the perfect timing was at the top of last year, I think I shared with you I was going through a divorce from a 10-year marriage. Marriage was very abusive and distracted. And so my husband at the time was not okay with me going through the surrogacy process, which I found with a lot of men. They're like, I don't know if I'd be okay if my wife did that, which, hey, it's it's really just feedback. I, I don't take it in a good way or a bad way. You know, each relationship is different and, and they take ownership of that. But uh, my husband at the time was no different. Um, and in fact, he was like, you're not having a baby by somebody else. And so 
for me, it didn't really sit well, but I knew in my spirit, I was like, I'm meant to do this. I was like, I don't know when, but I'm meant to do this. So at the top of last year, 2017, uh, in January, uh, we filed for divorce and I immediately applied to a surrogate agency and it was accepted, was matched. It was from the start, a beautiful process. And what I mean by that is, you know, they're invasive with, it's like buying a house. They're invasive with like medical evaluations, psychological evaluation. You got to go and um, provide your burning records for your children. And that in and of itself was like pulling teeth only because my son was 11. And legally, the uh, medical field, you only have to reserve records for 10 years. So I literally was shy of 10 years by like three months. It's crazy. So the agency was still okay. I gave them my daughter's records, which she's seven. And then from there, uh, because the agency was stationed in LA and I'm in Atlanta, they flew me out to LA, did the medical eval, did all the screening. I just met all these papers. And from there, I was matched. Um, because basically they want to make sure that like your healthy body, you know, to hold babies. And so it's very, it's that's not a complicated process, but it's very complex. Let's use that word. Very complex. Sounds In detail, like complex. Which I appreciate it. Oh, yes. And so now that process probably was about three months. So we're looking at March of last year. I was linked with uh, a couple, uh, two males, and immediately we clicked immediately we clicked and uh one of them is an artist which i love performing arts anyways um and so we clicked on that level and we shared different stories and they were very supportive of what i did and who i am and the space that i was carrying at that time and why i wanted to go through the process i mean it was very just safe for me it felt right and what the next step was basically we get to choose each other you can say yay or nay and we both immediately contacted the agency we're like yes this is a go now at that time in march i was under contract for a couple shows that i was doing had some independent contracting stuff that i was doing and a lot of traveling during summer months with family and just um vacation and so i didn't know this at the time but after we decided to move forward, uh, we went through legal, which is contract signing. Uh, I think they flew me out again to L.A. to do another medical evaluation, basically saying, okay, hey, uh, you need to take hormone therapy. This is what this is going to look like. You know, do ultrasound, make sure that your reproductive uh, system is still a go and you know just basically transitioning into preparing my body for embryos to be transferred yeah. and so I, I remember hmm? i'll say wow i'm just amazed yes <laughs> it's a lot and so i remember being on a call with some other surrogates and uh one of the surrogates was dropped from their match that's what they call that just using the words that they call it and so the reason why she was dropped was because, it, it, I mean, it just wasn't a good fit. We didn't dive deep into it. But later I found out, I was like, you know what? They waited for me. My intended parents, the, the parents that are, um, or the, excuse me, the couple that's, you know, intending to be parents, intended parents, waited for me. There's couples and there's individuals 
that don't wait for surrogates. They're like, I want one now. Uh, and so if you're not going to do it right now, then we're going to move on to the next one. And or there would be intended parents that are very uh, protective over what the surrogate eats, what the surrogate does, you know, what's the lifestyle. They want to talk to you like every other day. And I'm like, whoa, my people are not that way. They are like, we trust you. We know that you're into health and wellness. They fully trust me a hundred percent. And they're not um, invasive at all. Very respectful. And so I realized, I'm like, you know what, God, you are all through this because I wanted to make sure that this process was uh, as smooth as possible, right? There's going to be hiccups that comes with the process, but also that I have people who are in my corner that understand that, hey, I'm trying to make sure that I am still present with my kids, that I'm still present with my clients, that I'm still able to live a regular lifestyle without it being so invasive. And so I share that with you um, kind of as a preview because it gets deeper than that. But I share that with you in the audience because surrogacy is not just, oh, let me carry the baby for nine months, you pop it out, and you give it away. It is very, it's a very intimate process. And those who have been curious about it, whether they've been curious just out of curiosity or curious as far as moving forward to do something like that or to have a surrogate, it's important to be able to understand as much as you can uh, without the experience, but understand the process that goes into this whole journey. It's different for everyone. Like you said, I am carrying twins. I'm five months pregnant, uh, but I'm carrying as if I'm six and a half months pregnant. So that's taxing on my body. I've already had three pregnancies. We talked about that first one was abortion. Uh, and the second two are live births, right? I was seven-year-old and 11-year-old. So I'm, I'm in my fourth pregnancy, and my body knows single babies. My body does not know twins. Yeah, like, so you I, know, I, <laughs> like, I was shocked. I'm like, man, like, you know, like, you kind of big for five months. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm like, like, man. But I get that you carrying twins is a whole different ballgame. You got two rather than one. So I'm pretty assuming that means, like, more appointments, more ultrasounds, more all that stuff, right? Well, uh, it does for twins. As you start to get into your last month, uh, really last kind of six weeks, you start to see your OB uh, a lot more frequently. But they take more precaution. I would say the difference between a singleton and multiples is that they take more precaution with me being considered high-risk pregnancy just simply because I'm carrying too, not because of my health or the health of the, the babies or anything like that. But, you know, twins are known, not always, but are known to come earlier than their quote unquote due date. Uh, and I've been thankful enough to locate a OBGYN who is brilliant in doing a, a vaginal delivery for multiples. Now, I understand that you're a guy. You probably don't know how that goes. But I will share with you that usually uh, when you have, when you're pregnant with multiples in the medical field, majority of medical professionals will, who are OBGYNs who deliver babies, uh, or OBs who deliver babies, they go straight towards C-section. 
which they cut underneath the belly to get the babies out um, swiftly. My doctor, on the other hand, is world-renowned. Women come from out of town just to see him. Because our appointments right now are every four weeks. So I can see somebody coming out of town. They're just driving in for the, for the week, you know, for the day. Uh, but he is adamant about wanting to express health and wellness first rather than being invasive, which, I mean, if you're cutting into someone's abs, I'd say that's a little invasive. So I, had, so I had vaginal deliveries with both of my children, and I was very clear about wanting to make sure that I was working with someone that understood that that is my first go-to and that they were aligned with that. But if we need to do an emergency C-section for the life of the baby, I'm totally okay with that. So, yeah, it, there's a lot that goes into <laughs> surrogacy yeah. that people just don't, they don't know. And I am hearing bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I, I said now, do you feel like you're fuller? I don't know. I that you out of room already in, in, your, in your uterus, or do you feel like you that you just pretty much going to be expanding, expanding? But do you feel like you got room to grow, or do you feel like you're out of room already? Well, that's actually a really good question because I was talking to my patient today, and I was like, I feel like I'm being stressed out. I was like, you know how you eat like an amazing meal and it's usually like what Thanksgiving or Christmas where you just chow it down with no restrictions and you sit back and you're like, Whoa, like your belly is as full as it's going to be. That is the sensation that I feel when babies are growing. So they've had a growth spurt probably three or four weeks ago where it was actually shortly uh, after, yeah, after my room trip. So after I saw you, we met for lunch. I had grown before I was smaller, but they went through a growth spurt. And now maybe about three or four days ago, once we started kicking, now they make, I feel them expanding. Like I feel my stomach expanding. So is there room to grow? Yes. But I also feel the expansion when it's happening. So we'll see. I think every woman carries differently. I will share this part, uh, because this is my fourth pregnancy, usually as you start to have more pregnancies, the woman shows quicker. So with my son, I didn't really show until I was maybe in my second trimester. So second trimester is about 28 weeks. Uh, but with my daughter, I was like two months and I had a little pooch and I was, you know, lean and thick. So it, with this pregnancy, I probably showed around the same time, too, but then obviously there's two in there. So there's room to grow. We will be positive in our uh, outlook as far as making sure that there continues to be room to grow so that way I can stay active and not uh, have to be put on bed rest or anything like that. So we'll see. We'll, well see. If you put on bed rest, I'll be more than happy to help you out. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate that. I'm going to call on you if it happens. <laughs> I'll, be more, I'll be more happy to listen to be your support that you t- vent to me or whatever it may be. <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't mind being, because see, I understand you're doing God's work, so I don't mind being your legs because I know oh. you, got, you, you got some cooking for real. Like, you really got some cooking. <laughs> They are cooking. And I tell you, we were, when we ate lunch, we got down, man. It was, it was, it, listen, I don't play about food. I already don't I play about that. food like, you, when you, I'm you, not you pregnant. You were hitting it. You were hitting it. It was good food, though. Like, do you agree? Like, it was, a, it was I awesome. was good food. 
You hang around with me long enough, I, 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 I'll have you thick. I have you. I have you thicker than you want to be hanging around. Okay, me. no, we can't do that. So we got to stay on track. Now we got a, a pound, <laughs> a pound a week. That's all I got. So I can't be fooling around with you, gaining fifteen pounds in one week. We can't do that. Because <laughs> I eat out like twice a day. I'm sorry, I do. But no, it's okay. <laughs> but I can't. I can't be getting thick with you. I can't do it. So that's why I live with you. So you might be like. Once a week around me, maybe or twice a week, because if you around me every day, you you be like, man, what happened to me, man? Look, yeah, this so yeah, whole other body, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> we don't want to be slow. <laughs> Not this time. We don't want to be slow. Uh-uh. I feel you. So let me ask you this: So, yeah. Now, do you worry? Now, do do you feel like you feel like an empty feeling once you give the babies to the intended parents, or because you feel like a connection to, to the babies because you you they all going inside you, you feeling all their first movements, all this good stuff. So, mm-hmm. do you feel emotionally attached to them, or it's more so you're doing a good deed and it's like more so business? It's more the latter, and the reason why is because and I get this question a lot. When I chose to go through an agency, that that decision was uh, intentional. It was calculated. It was analyzed because there is a level of disconnect that I'm able to have. Now, mind you, I'm very connected to the parents now. However, it's different when you do this deed for a friend or someone that you already have an attachment with, because after the babies are born, You know, I would want to know how are they doing every day, send me pictures, do this, do that. Like, I I think that I would be a little overbearing. Uh, And that's how I, I don't want to say I'm overbearing in my, in my friendship, but I, the circle that I keep is very intimate because, you know, I don't keep a lot of people near and dear to me. And so if I were to ever do that for someone, that would be if you were a little too intimate, right, I would be coming invasive in that process. And so the reason why I decided to go with the agency was because I knew there would be rules in a place that would be honored. You'd have negotiation, which is going through the contract signing. Uh, Everybody would be on the same page. We follow the rules and we move forward. And that's usually how my brain kind of is built and is operating. I'm like, I know my rules. stay within the parameters. I know my job. And that's essentially kind of what it is. It's a, it's a it's a job. It's kind of a contracted job, right? And so I have the connection with the with the twins. I do. I feel them kicking. I feel them moving. I feel them growing. I see them on the ultrasound. You know, they're with me all the time, right? But that is the season that I'm in right now. And when that season transitions out, i.e., labor and delivery, and it's time to say goodbye. We have our time designated to say goodbye, and we'll stay in touch with each other. But at the end of the day, I've done what I wanted to do and desired to do. That is my journey, right? Creating life and giving back to humanity, back to what I was saying in the beginning of the segment. But I feel like I took from humanity. I could have probably gone through that pregnancy and maybe gave the baby up for adoption. I probably maybe wouldn't have just the way that I'm built and would have kept the baby, but that's not the conversation that we're having right now, right? We're talking about someone who's had an abortion. And so that is me taking humanity. And so for me, I've got a boy, I've got a girl. Eventually down the line, I'll probably engage in another romantic relationship, get married and maybe have more kids if that is what is perfect for me. But right now in this stage in my life, 
I don't want any kids. So I know that I don't want any babies. I don't want the, the, the 3 a.m. wake-up calls and the breastfeeding and the, the temper tantrums. I don't want all of that. My kids are in a stage where we can really communicate as little humans um, trying exactly. to figure out how to, you know, build um, a bond together. And so because I don't share that space uh, emotionally and intellectually, it makes the transition a little bit better. Uh, again, being a gestational surrogate, that changes things too. Because if I was a traditional, just for me, I speak for myself, I wouldn't feel comfortable with half of my DNA going home with someone else and I don't get to see them. But because I'm not biologically nor genetically related to these babies, that also brings a level of healthy disconnection. So I, I, I've been very purpose in the decisions that I've made and the position that I'm in, that I'm in. And as far as being prepared for postpartum, right, the process of giving up the babies to, uh, or give, not giving up, but really giving the babies to their intended parents. Um, and what that looks like for me to be without the babies, because my body's been preparing for babies. So it's kind of like, okay, the body's kind of like, okay, but you don't have any babies, but we still have, you know, all the after effects. All the after effects. Thank you. All the after effects. Uh, the agency has put in services for support. Um, I have a really good support system already. But then, in addition to that, I'm surrendering to the process. That's the best part: is not wanting to control the process. Oh, I'm going to be better. I'm going to snatch back, and everything will be fine. Da-da-da. And they don't have to think about the kids, honoring how they feel because they're. They're, you know, going through this process with me. They've had a year. And like I said, I started this journey a year ago. They've had a year to process, hey, mommy's going to have some babies for another family. The babies won't stay with us. But still, there's newness there. It's just different. So with me being able to, to acknowledge the fact that I may or may not be in a space where my postpartum experience um, can change um, from what I think it would be, which is closure, um, and then working on, you know, getting my body rehabbed and, you know, healing, that that allows me to not be so overwhelmed when the postpartum experience comes, right? So that's kind of where we're at at this point. If it changes, I'll let you know. But right now I'm good, no attachment, and, and we're good. Hey, for a man of your pregnancy and after, you know, I'm going to be there for you. Like I said, you need to talk to you need somebody. Because, see, I have a little licensed massage therapy nobody know about. I can help you out a little bit on my end, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got a little, I got a little, see, I got a little something in that field, too, from back in days in Tennessee. So, I got to oh, help okay. you. I can help you, you know, because, you know, I, I've helped out my my, my friend who comes on before you. <laughs> She'll tell you he helped me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate the support. I've got a, I've got a massage therapist that does, um, he does some reflexology and some interview work on me that balances me. But I tell you, if he is not available, you'll be the next person that I call. I'm yeah, make sure I'm it. in town. You know how I travel. <laughs> you do that. You do do that. Hey, you, yes, hey, you got your brand. It comes with the territory. You got to build your brand. You got that right. So I can yes. tell you what, it, this has been a great conversation because like I said a lot of people don't not had not heard this before on radio like this and you know, hearing from a black woman who who can relate to 
like some of my listeners out here. So it's good that you doing this for, the, for these intended parents, helping them out because it takes a special person to do that. And I'm glad that you're doing it. Share the story here with us on the Boss Man Show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And we'll look forward to doing it again next week with you, with, with, with what you got for it next week. So, folks, that was Dr. Burnett, Boss Man. We're out. all your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also a vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the livest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis.